Hey gang, Melissa Hanault here with the Burnout to All Out podcast. I'm a mom of three corporate burnout that built a secondary six figure income around my nine to five with little kids. This set me free and allowed me to fire my boss and pursue my wildest dreams. It took grit, persistence, and belief but now operating multiple six-figure businesses as an online entrepreneur and business coach, I have become a serial entrepreneur with a passion to inspire more burnouts, to take the leap and go all out and live out their dreams. Each week, I'll bring you inspiring all-out guests, lifestyle business tips and tools to empower you to take the leap from burnout employee to all-out entrepreneur, making your passion your paycheck. If this mom of three corporate burnout can go all out, so can you. All right, guys, welcome to the Burnout to All Out podcast. So excited to have Sandy and Wade here today. You guys, welcome. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Yeah. Excited. Oh my gosh, this is going to be so fun. So, you guys, Sandy and Wade are just incredible human beings. We, I guess, we stumbled upon each other in the academy. You guys are actually inside the academy right now. And really, I've just gotten to know these two beautiful souls and spirits. And these guys are serial entrepreneurs who are crushing their own businesses, crushing their own brands. And they're providing so much value inside the academy that we thought, oh my gosh, we've got to have these guys on the podcast and hear their burnout to all out stories. So that's why we're here today. We're so excited to have you guys here. So let's just start guys. Let's just start. I'm really curious Selfishly, I'm excited to hear your own stories. So I'd love to just hear, like, let's go back to life before Sandy and Wade were, you know, tippity top income earners in their business and, you know, have this incredible brand. Let's go back to like the days of working for someone else, right? Can you remember those days? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you want to go first or should I start? You go for I'll it. I'll go first. We're super excited to be here. Just get, I love, you know, the world, I think always expanding our network, getting to meet new people, getting to meet you, Melissa, and you know, be inside your academy and meet other people has been just such a pleasure. We're super grateful to be here and excited to connect with your audience. So gosh, yeah. burnout to all out is such a real thing, right? Yeah. It's like <laughs> there can be multiple burnouts in life and like really it's all on this search, right? This path for finding something we're passionate about. Like I, mm-hmm. I never understood when people are like, find something you're passionate about. You'll never work a day in your life. I'm like, do people actually like go to quote unquote work and like be like, Oh, I love this. I want to do this. I want to do this on the weekends. No, please. No vacation every year. Like, is that a thing? And I would hear entrepreneurs and people that were passionate and walking in, let's say their calling be like, I haven't taken a day off in seven years. And I was like, what are you mentally insane? Like, <laughs> because I was working in, I grew up just long story short, grew up in the Northeast. And I feel like there's was this pressure almost to, if I wanted to be successful, I had to get good grades. I had to probably play sports, get a scholarship, go to business school or Ivy league school and potentially get my master's degree and then go into the corporate world and climb the ladder and probably finance accounting or become a lawyer or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. I went to business school, actually got my master's degree in finance and thought I better, better start using this. Yep. What's success look like to me? Gosh. Okay. And I was young, right? I'm in high school, college age, like pretty young. 
don't know it all, still don't know it all, but I thought I did. I was like, okay, success. If, you know, one of these businessmen in the finance world, like making a lot of money, like living the good life with the things, the car, the, the apartment, whatever it is, everything will be good. I'll be fulfilled and happy. Mm-hmm. So I put my head down, ambitious, just started to do that. Started to work for someone else, went into the finance world, kind of the Wall Street type work, but in, in Boston, Massachusetts. Yeah. And I did that, and you know, five years in, I kind of picked my head up and I'm like, okay, I'm now a VP at, at this finance firm. I'm living in the penthouse downtown, overlooking the Boston Harbor. I'm making the good income. I've got the car. I've got the things that I wanted. Mm-hmm. But why do I not feel fulfilled? Why does this feel like there's something more, something like missing in my life? And I, I started to redefine success. Like, what does success look like to me now? Because right now I've hit the definition and I don't feel like happy, fulfilled, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I started to, to reevaluate people and that, you know, Sandy and I will probably get into the story, but that was around the time Sandy and I reconnected, connected and started, you know, dating and started talking to each other well, every day. Wait a minute. So you said reconnected. So you guys knew each other in a previous life? Oh gosh. Yeah. Okay. Our moms, our moms were tell. best friends and pregnant with us. So we've actually known each other our entire lives and we have pictures of us together as babies. No way. Yes. Oh my gosh. And the love story continues. Yeah. I love that. And you're that's pregnant a- now too, right, Sandy? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so exciting. Congratulations. Thank so you. cool. Okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, Wade, but that's I was like, a, that's a whole nother podcast in and of itself. Uh, yeah. We're baby best friends, grew up family friends. I moved to the East coast. Sandy was on the West coast and we reconnected though as adults and just fell madly in love happily ever after. Now we're pregnant. Fast forward. Okay. Um, <laughs> But let's see, backtrack to, I, I moved to California with Sandy. I started to reevaluate. I was still in my finance job. I started to reevaluate what success looked like now. And I started to see these people that were the CEO of their own life almost. They were living life on their terms. They had freedom, autonomy. They weren't working less hard, but they were mm-hmm. working towards something they were passionate about. I started to see a lot of these people were entrepreneurs. A lot of these people were doing things, making an impact in the world creating, adding value to the marketplace and like doing it on their terms. And I was like, whoa, that's success now to me. Like, I want to live that life. Like, I'm not afraid of hard work, but I would love for it to be something I'm passionate about. Because right now I'm working for my CEO's equity. He tells me how much I'm worth, how much I get paid. He tells me how much vacation I get every year. He tells me I got to be at my desk Monday through Friday, probably like eight to seven ish. And on weekends, and I was like, gosh, this isn't going to work for me for the next three, four decades until I can retire in my 50s or 60s. I didn't hate it. It wasn't one of those people like in San Diego, get to her story. There's like, I absolutely hate what I do. It was, it was fine. I learned a lot from it. I somewhat enjoyed it, but it wasn't for me. So it was that like that pain point, right? And then seeing what could be. And so I had that burnout like five, six, seven years in, and this pull this tug on my heart. And I think intuitively when we get that tug, it's there for a reason. And it just started to be like, what do I want to do? What am I passionate about? I became super passionate about health and wellness, about being the best version of me. I got into the books, the personal development. I started listening to the Tony Robbins and the Jim Rohns and all the people. I started to have those digital mentors and be like, whoa, my life could be way bigger than it is. And I feel like I was made for more than this. But then the the next step is like, okay, what's that vehicle? I think all, as humans, we all want to help people, but like, what is our vehicle? 
And that's right, kind of right. where our stories collide and like Sandy's comes into play. I want to pass the baton to you. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Such a good backgrounder. Thank you for sharing, Wade. Okay, Sandy, so what about you? We have very different stories. So I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. Like, you know, people will ask, like, do you think you're born with an entrepreneurial spirit or do you think it's something that can be developed? And I think it's something that can totally be developed. But I definitely, from a very young age, knew like I need to do my own thing. Like I don't like being told where to be, when to be there. I don't want a boss. I am not afraid to work hard, but I want to work hard for something that fuels my soul. Yeah. And so I literally have memories as a child. Like I would like rock the lemonade stand every weekend <laughs> at like age eight years old. I like made flyers like to advertise my babysitting services, my pet sitting services, my house sitting services at age like 10, 11, 12. I'd go to the neighbors and pass it around. Like I've always had that in me. Yeah. But for many years, I didn't know how to like, like after college, I didn't know how to actually like execute that or what to do. Mm -hmm. And so kind of like Wade was saying, like how we're funneled into believing after college, mm -hmm. I got a corporate job. I worked for the Ritz Carlton, the hotel for a couple of years. I worked in their sales department and it was great in a lot of ways, but it did not fulfill me. And I just felt like, okay, I am expected to be here from this time to this time. You know, I have a certain amount of days off per year. My lunch break is 30 minutes, not a minute more, not a minute less. I need to let them know if I'm going to go use the restroom. Cause I'm going to be away from my desk for a few minutes. Like I just felt very micromanaged and controlled. <laughs> and my life took a big shift when I was working there. I was 23 years old. My mom unexpectedly passed away um, and I was at work when I got that news and it forever changed me. And I couldn't even like be in that space anymore. Mm. And so I took like a couple weeks off and then I came back and I'm like, my mom would want me to be happy. Like this mm. is, it just like redefined like how I looked at life. And I'm like, mm. I am not happy here. I don't know what I'm going to do, but this doesn't fulfill me. So I walked yeah. away. Wow. I was actually unemployed for eight months while I did research on like what I'm going to do next. And I hired like a franchise consultant. I did all these personality tests and like reading and like discovering of like who I am, what are my strengths, what am I good at? And I just came from this lens of like, you know, I have my mom's legacy to live on and I want to do something that would like make her proud. And I want to yeah. do something that fills my soul. Like she would want me to be happy. And so I wrote a list of like all my interests and things that like fuel my soul. And I saw this like theme of, okay, I spend my money and my time with things around health and wellness. I was going to soul cycle spin classes all the time. I was going to nectar juice bars all the time. Like I loved stuff around health and fitness and community. And so at the time I'm 23 years old, I'm like, okay, I'm not, I didn't feel like I was skilled enough to like start my own business from the ground up. So I purchased a franchise. It was nationwide franchise of a juice and smoothie bar. And it had been around for 10 years and the woman was selling her location. I'm like, you know what? It's been there. It's a, it's a stable business. I can come in and like give it a facelift and fresh energy. So I had that for four years and I'm so grateful for the experience of having a brick and mortar business, but it is so different than you feel like it is. I remember like, she, we were dating long distance at that point. She would like call me or FaceTime me and be like, oh my gosh, you know, the employees were doing, I'm not going to even tell you in the back room, in the fridge, like stealing things. Like it was like almost like babysitting teenagers, yeah. which can happen with brick and mortar and retail and employees and all the things. And just the, when you think of like owning a brick and mortar business like that, like I thought, oh, I'll pop into the shop two hours a day and then I'll just go live my best life. No, I was there like 14 hours a day from the time we opened till the time we closed. It was all consuming and when you think about, you know, 
what it takes to run a business like that. I had to take out a massive six-figure loan. My rent, my labor, my inventory, the franchise fees, everything that goes into running the business. Like I learned so much through that experience. But when I finally was like, I've outgrown this, like I got to, I got to switch a chapter. Like when I think about the burnout, like I feel like I've had three major burnouts that stick out to me. It was corporate, like leaving the Ritz Carlton. It was then leaving my brick and mortar, selling my brick and mortar business. And then when I was in California and he was in Boston, I was sick of the long distance. So I was like, I'm moving to Boston. So I moved to Boston and I'm like 28 years old at this time. And I'm like, wait, I just sold my business. I have to like reinvent myself. Like what am I going to do? And, and move to Boston just for a year, like a temporary, like let I'll move to Boston for a year, get to know your people, and then we'll come settle back in California, which uh, is where we live now. Yeah. So it was this like in-between kind in -between of phase, phase, right? And so I was kind of trying to figure out like, what do I do for like a year? I just really was like so confused about like, what's my next thing. And so I started waitressing. I started nannying. I started working for a software sales company doing inside sales, 175 cold calls a day. So I was like back kind of in that corporate environment. Oh my gosh. That was like, wild. I did all these things that showed me like what I don't want to ever do. Right. Yeah. And so that was another burnout where I was like, oh my gosh, like I just feel like I have the story of like repeatedly like going into things and I give it my all, but I'm just like, this isn't fueling my soul. And yeah. so finally, when we moved back to California, the gentleman that helped me sell my juice bar was like, Sandy, you should get your real estate license and we can, you know, I'll show you how to do what I do. So I did that. And then I had yet another burnout. So I guess that's four burnouts. Yeah. And I was like, this is not for me. And then finally network marketing came into my life. And that's now what we do. We have our own online e-commerce, global health and wellness business. But I really believe that your mess becomes your message. And yes. you must go through these different things to be led to where you're supposed to be. And when you're seeking something, it's seeking you. I never thought I'd be doing network marketing. If someone told me at age 23 or even 28 that we would be doing business together and like working from home and designing our own life and have a flexible schedule. And I would be like, what? That sounds too good to be true. Right. So we had to have all those things like perfectly align and happen the way that they did to get us where we are today. So long story longer, that's, that's our, that's our burnout to all out story. Yes. <laughs> I love that though. So let me ask you a question. So this was so, this was so good because what I love that I heard is that, you know, like Sandy, you really gave yourself permission to pivot, right? Multiple times. And I feel like a lot of people get into a rut or in a situation or in a career or a title and they stay just for the sake of the fear of, it's almost perception of what others think of you because you're changing yet once again, right? Mm -hmm. Like when are you going to stick with something, right? Yeah. Did you ever get that kind of pushback, Sandy? And you too, Wade, and I would love to hear how you were able to really work through that mindset to give yourself permission to pivot. Because I know like you, Wade, I came from a Fortune 500 mm -hmm. and about faced, in, you know, a multiple six-figure career and owned network marketing. And that was that was kind of a tough mindset work I had to do because there was a lot of ego attached to the For title, sure. right? So can you guys talk about how you've created this like permission to pivot to really get to the success that you have today? Ooh, this is something that honestly is ever evolving and we're still learning and growing in this department. I think we have to give ourselves permission to go first. Like, honestly, mm -hmm. I would look at whatever situation I was in and be like, okay, I really don't know anyone at my age that has 
left multiple jobs. And like at 28, I was going to wait tables and not that there's anything wrong with waiting tables. But for me personally, like I had had a great corporate job. I had Mm -hmm. owned my own business and now I was going to wait tables. And there's actually this crazy story when I had that software (laughs) sales company job that I had to do 175 cold calls a day. It was terrible. I, one day I got so fed up. I was like, I am done with this. I am so micromanaged. I am like held to the standard that is not right. So I literally quit one day and then I was like, well, I can't be a stay at home girlfriend. She saw people skip like walking outside in the sun on, on Boylston street, which is like the Rodeo drive of Boston. And she was like, I deserve to be out there. Yes. I am done. Walks into her boss's office. (laughs) It was like this moment in time. I was like, I'm done. I literally skipped home and I was like, I'm never working for anyone else again. And then like two days later, I'm like, wait, I should not be a stay-at-home girlfriend. I should get a job. So then I got a job as a waitress and literally you will not even believe this. It was the most like humbling moment of my life. My first table I ever got was my six higher ups at the company that I just quit. And I'm like pouring their waters and they're like, Sandy. And I was like, hi. And they're like, this is why you left. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is my most embarrassing moment of all time. But I had to give myself permission to do those things because I'm like, you know what? Honestly, I'm happier like being in an environment where I'm figuring it out than being in an environment where I feel controlled and like I'm like in jail. Oh, that's so good. And being (laughs) Sandy's spouse, like having a front row seat to all this, getting to know her and knowing her so well, like I see a few things. One, Sandy is the type of person that especially, you know, after losing someone you love, right? Like losing your mom, like she was like, I am carrying on her legacy and I'm live like I care so much about every day. It's such a gift. And I refuse to settle to live in something day in, day out, a career, whatever that I am not passionate about. So it was almost this chasing passion, like looking mm-hmm. for it, seeking it. And one of Sandy's best saying, she always says, when you're seeking something, it's seeking you. But it took all this pain and this struggle and these all these different jobs. And the biggest thing about Sandy, she's so relatable because she's like, I've went into corporate. I did my own brick and mortar retail, like own my own business. I went, I waited tables. I did the cold calling. Like she's done everything. I've nannied, I've babysat. Like she's done all the things and just, but was willing to give herself permission to pivot and release the ego of like, what are people going to think about me? I'm chasing passion. And ultimately she was seeking this and it led her to flourish into the person and the leader. I think that she was meant to be in the, the, purpose she was meant to make now you know we lead a huge organization and she is like the heartbeat of that and I'm just gonna like hype her up here she would never say that but like it it starts in with her and so it's been amazing to see that transformation and transition and progress in her life and in our life and she's been like the leader in our family in that sense because I think with Sandy like our whole life changes when we when we pivot like when we're like I've had enough. Like I'm done with this. Like this is the last moment. This is the last day I'm willing to put up with this. And like pain drives us, right? As humans, mm-hmm. like the pain of all this, I've had enough. And like, so Sandy's had multiple moments of that in her life. And for anyone out there listening, like it's right for me, I relate to you so much. It's so easy and comfortable to stay in the secure mm-hmm. job that pays yeah. you well. And you know, you're like, adequate at where you're not going to get fired. You're going to get the benefits and it's safe and it's not your fault. Like our brain craves that safety Mm -hmm. and comfort and security. But what I see, what we see and what we've realized in our own life, it's like taking that leap. It's betting on yourself. It's Mm -hmm. finding that passion. It's chasing that passion. It's be willing to say, I am done. Like 
I'm moving on from this and I'm, I'm going into like what I feel. So for me, it was like, I saw Sandy doing this and it was right around the same time. I was like, I want to impact people. I, I thought I was going to become a business coach and a health coach. I just started taking steps, doing it. I hired mentors. I started to follow in people's footsteps. And then she started doing that within her network marketing business. And six months in, you know, I was super supportive. I thought the business model is truly genius. I was like helping her. I was so exposed to it. I felt like I was like in it. And yeah. she kept saying every day, like, when are you going to join me? We could do this together. And I realized, wait a second, Sandy's a business coach. She helps people do what she does. And she's a health coach. She helps people like flourish in their health. And I was like, this is everything I wanted. But for me, I was going from Wall Street to network marketing, a 90% probably predominantly women-based business. So like from yeah. the outside, it's like, wait, you're going from a, a job or a position like I would kill for mm -hmm. to be where you're at to network marketing with your wife, with mainly women, like what in like health and wellness? It was just, this like, what? But the biggest thing for me is like identity, right? Like when you know who you are, like to your core, it honestly doesn't matter. Like what other people think other people's opinions don't pay my bills. And if I live for their feedback, I'm going to die for their criticism. We, we love that quote. And I realized that I was like, I don't care. Like I know who I am and that's what matters most. And if I live authentically into that, that's what matters. And there's stumbles along the way, there's struggles, but like, it's a beautiful struggle. And ultimately fast forward a few years, like it pivoting and jumping into what we're passionate about has been the best decision of our life. I know we're taking over the mic here. I want to give it. No, that's the purpose. I, so I love that. So and Wade, I would love for you to kind of expand on this because kind of having been in your shoes, being a corporate professional, I'm interested, like, did you have, did you actually have like a pivotal moment where you were like, I'm doing this? And what was that like? And how did you breathe through the fear and live off faith that your dreams were on the other side? Like, what did that look like for you? I did. I did have a moment, whether, you know, whatever we call it, right? A divine appointment, a, yeah. the universe sending me signs, whatever it is, intuition. I, for, I started to work on myself, right? I started to use, I took a boat to work actually through the Boston Harbor. And instead of checking emails and texts and whatever, and listening to music, I would start listening to podcasts, reading, start to really like study people that I looked up to and respected and learn and grow myself personally. Mm -hmm. Jim Rohn, one of my mentors, he always said, uh, standard education will make you a living. And that's where my life was at. But he said, self-education will make you a fortune. So I started to really try and grow myself. And in that process, started to connect with people. And I remember I'm on a business trip from New York back to California. I'd fly out to New York and I was flying back to California and I was listening to this podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire. It's a great entrepreneurial podcast. And this guy, Nick Unsworth, was on it. And I don't, I'd never heard of him, but like something about him, I just felt connected to him. I was like, this guy's doing what I want to do. He has a business life on fire. It's basically, he's basically, he's a coach it sets mm -hmm. lives on fire, business, personally, health, whatever it is. Right. And I was like, I got to connect with this guy. And through the podcast I hear, he's putting on this uh, three day conference and I'm on this flight home. And I'm flying into San Diego. The flight happened, uh, the conference happens to be in San Diego. That weekend, I fly right in. I'm in my business suit. I go right into the meeting and I'm there for the last day. I missed the first two days. And I'm just like, I need to come here. I don't have a ticket or anything or whatever. And he's like, come on in. <laughs> and 
I ended up like that day being like, I'm hiring this guy as a mentor. Meanwhile, we were a few months from getting married. Sandy's like, you want to spend what on coach? What? <laughs> and I'm like, babe, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. She's like, we're a month from getting married. Let's make this decision after our honeymoon. And I was like, I was so fired up, passionate. I'm like, I'm doing this. I'm writing the check right now. And she's like, and the funny thing is Wade's very like logical and like analytical yeah. and database and he's rational he's sleep on it. And I'm like the like Gut. visionary, like it feels right without yeah. any explanation. And so it was like a total swap where Roll I'm like, reversal. you want to write a check for that? We're literally getting married in like four weeks. Like we're not doing that right now. <laughs> so she Roll reversal. We talked and I was like, I hear you. I need to focus on us getting married. I hear you. And so we, and so basically we got married. We went on our honeymoon. We bought a house the day we got back from our honeymoon. I hired this coach. Like all these things started to massively shift. But it was that moment mm. on that airplane where my gut and my heart was like, okay, you've been doing the things like this is it. This is the moment. And I think we just need to follow that intuition, that gut feeling because I basically hired them. I went through a program. I'm learning about all this coaching stuff. I'm launching a coaching business after hours, working finance full-time during the day. People are like, whoa, what are you doing? But when they see you stick with it, when they see you passionate about it with mm -hmm. conviction, and they start to see you transform and grow and go first, it, that's contagious, right? And they're mm -hmm. like, whoa, okay, I see you. And basically it parlayed into Sandy and I partnering together. But yeah, I, there, I was scared out of my mind when I had to like put my goals out there, declare things online on Facebook. Yeah. Like this is what I'm going to be doing. Yeah. People are like, you're crazy. Why would you leave what you have? It's amazing. But like, yeah. I knew what I wanted and I knew who I was. And if I, I know if I held fast in that, like I, I believe in myself and like, what's the worst thing that could happen? Like, I'm just going to go for it. And it, it's been an amazing journey. And it, it really, my mentor ended up being Sandy. It was my coaches. And then Sandy was doing this, what, what I wanted to do. And we ended up partnering together and it was incredible. Are you ready to start having way more fun adding new business partners to your social selling team this summer? Or maybe you're just burnt out and worn out of the old recruitment tactics that aren't working anymore, that are just hard to stand out on platforms that so many other social sellers are using. It's time you start getting the return on investment you were hoping for with your business. You're working hard. You're just on the wrong platform with the wrong message to find the business partners that are going to lock arms with you and build your dreams together. I'm going to let you in on how I built multiple six-figure businesses, multiple six-figure businesses, using the power of LinkedIn and my proven methods over a free five-day course. Avoid that dreaded summer business drip that so many experience in social selling. Register today and let's start having fun. Go check out the Burnout to All Out Facebook page. Join our free community and get registered today. We launch on May 17th. Hope to see you in my free workshop. I'm so butterflies thinking about it. Yes. Oh my gosh. Your journey, both of your journeys and how they've kind of collided and where you are today is absolutely incredible. And I, you know, it sounds like you guys are just like a dynamic duo when it comes to building your business, kind of the yin and the yang. So for all my listeners who, you know, don't know, just give us a little bit of how long have you been in social selling? Like a couple years? I started August of 2018. So yeah, two and a half years. And then he partnered with me in March of 2019. So just yeah, over two just years, over yeah. two years. So over two years and you guys are in like the top 1% of your company. 
mm-hmm. right? And you've you've launched a podcast that's huge, huge. Yeah. Yes. And you guys have, are really doing an incredible job building your own brand. You've got, I know we're going to talk about this in just a minute, but you've got your journal, your 90 day journal. And so what I love, what I love in interviewing really successful social sellers, network marketers is what I find is that it's really like, you dip your toe into entrepreneurship in social selling because it's so low risk. Learn to lead, but all the tools are there for you, right? And when you run and you flourish with it, you realize you like catch this bug of just legit entrepreneurship, right? Yeah. Right? And so yeah. I'm like constantly telling people, even in my network over on LinkedIn, like, look, Social selling doesn't have to be like your end all be all 40 year career. But if you're curious about becoming an entrepreneur, like the first thing you really need is a revenue stream that's indefinite, that's going to pay the bills so that if you do want to leap out and and generate a new business or do something else, it's not feast or famine. You've got a passive income created. So I don't know about you guys, but I believe it's one of the most brilliant business models to get started in entrepreneurship. You know, I mean, what do you guys think? Absolutely. Especially coming from previously owning a brick and mortar. Like I look at all the risk and the money and the time and just the like sweat equity that went into having that business. And then I look at what I've done with network marketing and I'm like, why would anyone go do the other way? And it's because our society, I think sometimes doesn't like they think brick and mortar is the way to go, right? Mm-hmm. But I always say it's not about brick and mortar. Everything is transitioning to click and order. Yes. Like literally to spend like less than a few hundred dollars to start an online network marketing business to me is like an absolute no brainer. If you can be committed to becoming a student of network marketing, to plugging into treating it like a business, I always tell people treat this like a business. Pretend you just took out a six figure loan mm-hmm. to start a brick and mortar or to start some sort of business, right? And treat it like a business, have a launch party, have a grand opening, like treat it like a business and people will take you seriously and take note and pay attention and treat it seriously. But if yeah. you're like, Oh, I'm doing this thing on the side. Like we'll see where it goes. People don't take it seriously. Right. So it's like, what tone are you setting from the beginning? And so, yes, I completely agree with you. I think network marketing is the smartest way to start a journey into entrepreneurship, low risk, like low, like there's really like nothing in it. That's the worst thing that can happen is you get a great discount on products. Like, yeah, you don't run with it, right. I yeah. remember coming like I, my business background, I remember looking at Sandy was like, I want to do this. Will you look at the business plan, the compensation plan, everything. And like, I didn't have any negative connotation towards it. Totally open-minded. I looked at it and I was like, and that's what I did. Like, that is what I did for a living. I was like, this is genius. And there's a spectrum, right? What you put into it, you will get out of it. It is like pure, pure entrepreneurship. It's actually probably pure capitalism because whatever you put into it, you'll get out of it. But there's massive opportunity here and your quote unquote success, your income will be as big as your impact. How do you leverage your impact? Well, that's how you start to do it. You leverage your impact. You leverage your time by helping other people do what you do. I remember looking at it just being like, this is genius. And it's also turnkey. A lot of people want what entrepreneurship has to offer. Now that we're entrepreneurs, as far as network marketing entrepreneurs, we're building a brand. We have other businesses. It's not easy. It's worth it. Yeah. But it's not easy. And now I understand why people are like, I haven't taken a day off in seven years. Yeah. I look back and I'm like, I don't think I've taken a day off since we started becoming entrepreneurs. Yes. Not because I can't, 
we can go wherever we want. We can work from wherever we want. We just got back from Hawaii for a week, but we're like, geez, why wouldn't we build our business and brand? Gosh, I have a few hours here rather than just lounging on the couch. What if I could move this ball forward? There's always things to do, but I realized it was turnkey. Like, gosh, I get my website set up that the, the company corporation does the products, the service, the shipping, the, the everything. And I just get to go be the business builder entrepreneur. That was amazing. But like you said, Melissa, it's, I think entrepreneurship and I'm going to niche down into network marketing is the best self development program in the world because it's for free, pretty much not free, very low startup costs, best self development program in the world and best leadership training in the world. Who you become along the way is everything. If you can learn people, sales, and marketing, that is so transferable. And then it, it, what it does is it blows a glass ceiling off the vision you have for your life. And all of a sudden, you're like, I can do more. I can start a podcast. Yeah. I can start another business. I can start the LinkedIn Academy and, and leverage my impact even more. So like, it is this contagious like belief in yourself and you start to think bigger, dream bigger, and do bigger. Oh, so God, I mean, I couldn't have said it any better way. And I, and I say that all the time, like the serial steps of risk you're willing to take and bet on yourself with each step, it almost becomes almost addictive, right? Like, you know what you talk about, like working on vacation, because you love what you do. And there's a massive ROI on you showing up, right? Like, I laugh to this day, because my husband still works in a nine to five, and he loves his job. But I'm starting to observe from him being home this past year, that guy works probably half the hours I do. You know, people look at me and probably think, oh, she lives this like dream life. She's got all, you know, she works for herself. She's got time freedom. But I like, I work all the time because I love it. Like it's not even work to me. But I realize, you know, my husband's out there cutting grass on Friday afternoon and I'm on coaching calls, you know, but it's for me, right? And for my business, not for for someone else. So I love that. Okay, well, let's... um, On the back end, I'd love to talk about get into your zones of genius. So I know that you guys have been uber, uber successful. People have asked, well, how how have you been so successful? What have you done that's made you so successful? So could you guys maybe talk about this 90 day journal that you put out based off of the demand of your audience that's been following you and aspiring to climb the ranks like you guys have? Can you speak a little bit to that? Yes, this is a super fun story and it's so beautiful how it transpired because it's kind of this compounding effect, right? Like had we never started our network marketing business, we never would have started the 90 day habits business. And so it kind of like compounded on it on itself. But February of 2019, Wade and I and our dear friend Haley were on a flight to a leadership conference in Oklahoma. And our friend Haley turned to us and said, outside of like network marketing, like what other like goals or dreams do you have? And I was like, it's funny you asked that. I just made a list, like a bucket list of things I want to like accomplish or do. And I had one that said, create a daily IPA journal for network marketers because I had only been in the business for like, I don't know, a little, maybe not even a year. No, I think only like six months or something at that point. And my story is not typical, but I had at that point already had exponential growth. And so my messages on Instagram, like I would have hundreds of messages of people being like, can you please tell me what you did? Like, do you have time for a call or, and I'd always want to like respond to everyone. And I felt kind of bad. Like I'm like, these people aren't on my team or they're not even in my company, but they want to know what I've done. And I'm not born better at network marketing. I just like have become a student of it and have read these books and have done the things. And so I was like, how, how could we turn this into something bigger? And so it was funny because Haley was like, 
look at my list and Wade's like, look at my list. And the three of us were all aligned. We all had a variation of saying we wanted to create a tool for network marketers to teach them like what we do day in and day out. So we were like, we got to do this. So we literally pull out a napkin. Napkin on the plane. And we start mapping out like what- A literal back of the napkin idea. Business plan, napkin business plan. Back of the napkin, like what do we do every single day for our business? And we wanted to chunk it down because let's be real. Most people that start a network marketing business have a nine to five or have a full-time job or are busy at home with kiddos or they're in school, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's not like someone just sitting around and has all this free time. So we're like, we need to chunk this down into 60 minutes of daily focus. Mm -hmm. There's going to be three sections, 20 minutes of mindset because we know this business lives in our head and that is the most important right part, right? You got to get your mind right. 20 minutes of relationship building because this business is a relationship building business and 20 minutes of follow-up. And then there's checkoffs for like, have you posted on LinkedIn today? Have you posted on Facebook and Instagram? Have you engaged? Have you added value to these platforms? To-do um, list, priorities, top wins for the day, like all sorts of things. So it's basically everything we did, but like finally in one place. Because when I look at the start of my business, it was utter chaos. Like <laughs> yeah, there was just like, right? Like legal pads everywhere, notebooks, like Sticky I lost notes. that book. Po- Yes, sticky notes like, oh, where was that person's phone number? Like just dropping the ball all over the place, but then like grateful when you'd find that thing. And I'm like, okay, this is a tool that is everything in one spot. And so what we found is this business works in 90 day cycles. Really any business does, right? You Mm -hmm. plant the seeds, you water them, you harvest it, and eventually they bloom. And so when the 90 day habits journal came to life, I'd only been in the business for probably two, maybe on my way to three 90 day cycles and had already had exponential growth. So we were like, we know that this business can explode with a lot of intentionality and consistency. So we built this tool and we had no idea what we were doing. And so a message, like a learning lesson lesson here is like, do it messy. Like mm-hmm. we just did it messy. We, we went on Amazon KDP, which is like a way to self-publish through Amazon. And we published this journal and like within a few months, tens and thousands of copies were sold. Like wow. it went viral because everyone was looking for something like this. And honestly, there's nothing like it on the market, like what we've created. And then we've gone through the legal process of getting it trademarked and copyrighted. And we did all that after, cause we were like, we have to do that. We didn't know that, you know? So it's just been this incredible process, the three of us working on it together. And it's just been such an incredible way to put our heads together and help other people. That's our whole intention is we don't want network marketing just to be for like, like everyone can be at the top 1%. Mm -hmm. Like we're born better at this. Like you just have to have a system. And so the whole intention, like what you've created with, with your LinkedIn method Academy is a system, right? right? Like that's the whole point. Yeah. I love that. And that really speaks to duplication, right? Which is probably why you've been so successful. Yeah. That was the biggest thing. I remember when I first started network marketing, I was like, it was ego, right? Like I want to be speaking on stage. I want to, I want to be impressive. And when you do get the chance to train and speak, like the goal originally was like, let's be impressive. Let's be inspirational. But what you realize is that's cool to feed your ego, but really what duplicates, like you want people in the audience to feel like I resonate with them. I could do what he's doing or she's doing. And that was, that was my biggest learning lesson was like, oh my gosh, relatable, duplicatable (laughs) is key. Because if you're always needing to be there and be the one doing things, legacy is like the biggest thing I think in my life. I think about like my guiding light, my force. And it's like, what is my legacy going to be? That was a lot of the reason why like going from the burnout into passion is like at the end of my life, when my great grandkids, I'm going to be super healthy. I'm going to be 110. And my great grandkids are sitting on my on my lap in the porch in a rocking chair, like, what do I look back on? What do I wish I went for and did? And like, that is a lot of 
driving force behind decisions I make in my life. But it came back to like building a legacy is like raising up other people, raising up other leaders to do amazing things in the world because that impact leverages so much further. Your positive ripple spreads so much further than you. So then in this, it was like, and so many people asking, it was like, what will duplicate? This system will duplicate. This is what we do. And it's not like what we do once in a while that changes our life. It's not like our desires or wants or goals. It's like our standard, right? Like what standard do we live by? Whether it's your health or in your business or in your mindset or in your marriage, whatever it is, like what do we do daily? Our life is a culmination of our daily habits. So we were like, mm -hmm. gosh, if people can stick to this over a 90 day business cycle, it'll change the game for them. And ultimately it can change their life. And now we've been getting people have been through multiple 90 day cycles, such good feedback on it that it's, blown our vision up for it for the 90 day habits brand like we can do so much more than this journal even like let's let's make this for sales professionals for medical device professionals for real estate agents for whatever and beyond and there's just so much it, again it comes back to like starts with the burnout starts with the i've had enough yeah. into the passion into the wait i could play even bigger i, I could keep I leveling really up i really think sometimes you have to have that low like you, you cannot experience the highs. Like we aren't here just cause like everything's been like high in our life. Like there has been a lot of dips. There's been a lot of pain. There's been a lot of lows and those things drive you to be like, I'm not living down here anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I will fight. I will do whatever it takes. I will sacrifice sleep. I will do anything to get, to get up here again. Like I know there's going to be more highs. Yes. Oh my gosh. So good. I actually wrote a podcast about that this morning, just talking about the resilience and the, the, the mindset of the entrepreneur, like what makes the difference between success and not. Mm. And it's being able to recover from the lows and mm. still persevere, like anticipating it and being able to adapt and have the mental toughness to look at it as a, as a lesson, right? Mm. And a blessing. I look back on all my failures and things that in the midst of it, you feel like you're just in the undertow. Yeah. And when you pull your head up out of water and you breathe, you realize there was a massive lesson in it and it all happened for a reason, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. So I love that. Oh my gosh. So good. Well, before we get into speaking of marriages, I know Wade, you brought that up a second ago. Tell us where folks can go grab this 90 day journal or 90 day habits, 90 day habits journal. How do we say it? Yeah. yeah. 90, 90 day, day habits, habits journal. journal. Yeah. Okay. Um, we have a website. It's called 90 day habits journal.com. Okay. So they can get a copy on there. Um, and uh, we also member. have an Instagram. It's called 90 Day Habits. Oh, cool. Oh, I, think I, I think I'm following that. Oh, are you? Yeah, that's yeah. us. <laughs> so yeah, that's where people can can snag their own copy. And we have some new exciting things coming in July too that we've been working Ooh. really hard on. Mm -hmm. So we're so excited about things to come too. Very cool. Okay, awesome. Um, well, let's, speaking of marriage and just intentionality, I know you guys really practice being in full alignment. Can you Can you speak to that a little bit? Mm, yes. yes, this is one of our favorite things. So marriage is work, right? And running a business is work. Like anything worth it in life is work. It just doesn't come easy. And so a, a big way that we stay aligned is we have weekly, we actually, our last name is Critities. So we have, we call them Critities Connections and we have them once a week. That. 
<laughs> we have them once a week and we have a whole platform like, or not platform. We have a template of all these different things that we touch on all these different topics so that we stay on board and on track with where each, each other are. And we kind of, we rate each other like, okay, on one to 10, how am I doing as a wife out of one to 10? How am I doing as a business partner? Do you feel loved and adored? Like we have all we these- start with three compliments every time to like set the energy Aww. and tone for the meeting. And there's like certain- That could be a whole other workbook. Oh my <laughs> yeah. gosh. Yes. And then there's certain rules. Like you can't say never or always, like you can't be like, you never do this or you always do this. You have to own it. Like I, I sometimes feel like and you have to take ownership and be very careful with your words. And so it's just taught us how to better communicate and how to get aligned and how to touch weekly on all the different parts of our life, all of our different businesses, just all the different components of our life so that everything's moving forward synergistically. And so that we're not moving apart, but we're moving forward together. So the Credities connection has been huge. Our morning routine is huge. We are huge fans of Hal Elrod's Miracle Morning. Mm. and he That changed my life, honestly, our life. Yeah. It's a structured system every morning. It's a documentary and a book that I highly recommend people get their get into, but it's, it's broken down into an acronym called SAVERS and SAVERS stands for silence. So that's prayer meditation. Affirmations is the A, V is visualization, E is exercise, R is reading and S is scribing or journaling. And so it's taking that 30 minutes or hour every morning Mm -hmm. and carving out that time for you. Like when I'm together, we do it together. And we do it together. We start our morning together and we read together. We journal together. We meditate together. We do all that. And like we're pregnant right now. So we're like reading pregnancy books together. Sandy loves when I read aloud to her. She's like, you can read to me. She kicks her feet up on my lap and I'm like reading pregnancy books to her. So so sweet. But when I reflect on our life, like, three, five years ago, yeah, like not even that thing, long where ago, we came from. where we came from, we didn't have a morning routine. We'd wake up to an alarm, we'd snooze it, we'd snooze it. And then it'd be like, crap. He'd be like, I'm going to miss the boat if I don't like leave right now. And then it was chaos and he didn't have time to eat breakfast. And then I'm like, bye, I love you. And it was just like disconnect. The two mm-hmm. passing ships, right? Our days, like we were so, we like I was at my work and she was at her work or mm-hmm. she was doing things. And then we would come together at night and make dinner and watch Netflix and go to sleep and do it all over again. And there was like, you know, you know, we're in love and we're aligned to an extent, but like now we look at it like, wow, we intentionally start each morning together. We get to design our day together as much as we want to overlap or not. We work together. It's not easy. Marriage isn't easy. Like Sandy said, business isn't easy. Working with your spouse is not easy, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. It is so worth it. It takes work, right? We don't just get married and like, I have a thriving marriage now for life. No, we need to work on it. I think love is a verb. Business is not like you build your business and you're just like, I'm set even in network marketing where there's duplication and it's like pretty amazing residual. It's still, there's never this like, I did the workout. I'm now fit for life. No, it's always something we work on, but like we wouldn't trade it for anything. We now feel so aligned in life because our work, our goals, everything comes together. Like everything is aligned. We're moving together towards the same vision we have for our life. And so it's mm-hmm. been amazing. Like, I think some people say like, oh, I can never work with my spouse. Like evaluate it. It is pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, and I think that what you guys have done, it's so incredible with your checklist. I know my husband over the past couple of months has come in as my CFO 
to really manage my LinkedIn business and burnout mm-hmm. to all out business. Cause it's hard to be all things. Right. Yeah. And so I love, so we have monthly business meetings, mm-hmm. but I never thought about actually splitting it between like marriage and business, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I will have to ping you guys after this. You'll have to send me your checklist. Cause I actually yes. love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, we actually have a whole episode on it on our podcast, getting magnetic with Sandy and Wade. So I'll send you the episode and then I'll also send you the template. And, yeah. Um, this is something we actually got from who he mentioned earlier, Nick Unsworth, Nick mm-hmm. and Megan Unsworth, amazing couple, beautiful model marriage. And I was like, how do you guys like stay so happy and aligned? And they were like, oh, and they call it coffee dates. They're like, we do our weekly coffee dates. And we were like, and so we looked at their template and we're like, okay, we're going to change some of these things. They're not like a fit for us, but we made it yeah. our own. Mm-hmm. And I so encourage people to do that because it just, it gives you something to look forward to. It gives you a reason to stay connected and just feel like you're always growing together. Mm-hmm. I love that. I wrote it down. I'm actually even thinking like, I'm even thinking in the future, I just launched a mastermind. I'm like, I could see you guys coming in and talking about this inside the mastermind. Ooh, that'd be fun. I love For a good sure. mastermind. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So good. Well, guys, this has been incredible. Where, where can everybody come find you, follow you? Where's the best place for them to connect with you? Honestly, probably Instagram is the best way. On Instagram, my handle is sandyclaws7. That's S-A-N-D-Y-C-L-A-U-S-7. Mm-hmm. And- I'm wellness with Wade. And yep. I think so our Instagram handles, yeah, active on there. And then we also have a website called yeah. sandyandwade.com uh-huh. and there's a way to connect with us on there as well. So thank yeah. you. And our podcast is getting magnetic, getting magnetic with Sandy and Wade. No yeah. So if you guys love, if you guys love a lot of what they talked about, you probably don't know off the cuff, the episode numbers for the marriage, the, the checklist for that. Yeah, or we'll, we'll send it to you for yeah, show okay. notes. We can drop it in the, we can drop it in the show notes too. Perfect. If you guys give it to us before it airs. So absolutely. Awesome. Well guys, I like selfishly love these last 45 minutes to just get to know <laughs> the two of you. <laughs> we are so excited to have you on our podcast. Yes. It'll be fun. It'll be so yeah. fun. Yes, absolutely. Well, you guys are just a shining light and I love the impact and the ripple effect you're putting out into the world. I actually have gotten back into making my bed every day after you guys walked through yeah. your work morning inside the Academy a couple weeks ago. Yes. It does feel so much better to walk into my room in the evening and it's like ready for me. So yes. I just love and adore you guys. Thank you so much for coming in and just pouring into my podcast and our uh, live groups that we stream into during the week. So I just appreciate you guys so much. And thank you for showing up today. Thank Thank you. Thank you. you, Thank you. We appreciate you. Awesome. Thanks for listening to the burnout to all out podcast for free resources, materials, or information on my coaching services. Go ahead over to livethefreelife.co. That's livethefreelife.co. Co, or check out our Facebook community at Burnout to All Out and make sure you follow Burnout to All Out on Spotify and subscribe to iTunes. And it would truly mean the world to me if you paused for just a second, gave me that five-star review of the show and be sure to share this episode with any burnouts you think would be inspired to go all out after hearing this episode.